Welcome to another edition of Soccer and Snow and Smoke, the new soccer podcast from ESPN Missoula. I'm Andrew Houghton. I know we haven't been uh, bringing you much soccer and snow and smoke recently. I took a little holiday break, but we've got some great stuff planned for you coming back in the new year. Joining me today, FC Missoula coach Jay Risser. Jay, thanks for coming on, first of all. Hey, thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. Wanted to talk to you because I've been just fascinated by the club scene around here, and it's something that I haven't explored that much in the earlier episodes, but Jay, you've been at FC now for just a short period of time. You joined in the in the fall, before the fall season, but explain to me a little bit more about your, your role there. Um, so yeah, I, I joined uh, at the fall season for the U10 girls team. Um, I have a, a nine-year-old daughter that uh, is on the team. Um, so like a lot of folks at FC, there's a lot of parents uh, that are volunteering and trying to help out just so that we can continue to grow soccer. And I just wanted to be a part of it. Um, it was a blast. There's another coach that helps me out, Coach Scott. Um, him and I kind of tag teamed a, a, a wild group of uh, young ladies. Um, the ages are pretty cool because they, they range, you know, like seven to 10. Um, so you got like a kind of a wide swath there. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. Um, we, uh, at that stage, you're looking at fundamental development, you know, um, the basics. And so you have some that are capable and some that aren't. And uh, so that was really my, my main thing was just getting involved and trying to see, you know, where I could help and, and uh, really just learn as much as possible in that first season. We'll get into talking a little bit more about FC and and the way that it's grown and and started a little bit later, but you've got an interesting soccer background because you grew up playing the sport from a young age and played in college for for a successful college team. So you've got a great background in the sport, but tell me first off where that interest sort of came from. Um, So when I was like seven years old, I was adopted. And uh, with that was a whole lot of new changes in my life, and soccer was introduced to me. Um, I moved from the south in Georgia up to Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia area. And uh, so that first fall, my first introduction to soccer, I just... It, it spawned that love. Um, I remember snowfall on the field for the first time. I'd never seen snow before in my life. And uh, I can still remember, the, what the heck is this stuff falling out of the sky here? But um, there was a certain point in that season where I think I, I, I sank my first goal. And like after that, there was like nothing better than turning around and seeing smiling faces and the folks over there clapping. And I was just like, I was ready to go, you know, so... Yeah, and, th- and then from there, you went on to a, a successful college career at Penn State, right? Right, yeah, I played uh, under Coach Gorman there. Um, he's one of the best soccer coaches, in my opinion, that there's been, uh, certainly for Penn State. Um, and so that was just a huge learning experience for me. There was a Big Ten championship involved in that, uh, so we had quite a bit of success. Uh, it was a blast. Um, it went by way too fast, and then I had an unfortunate injury, a car accident that changed my my sports life pretty much from that point on uh messed my back up and it's never quite been the same since so what position did you play in, in college center striker yeah I, i'm i uh i was very tall even from a young age so like that was there po- post me up in front of the goal and you know let me go after it so that was the the strategy you just sort of playing playing the target man and and getting crosses into you. Yeah, I, I could I would say the majority of like my, my high school goals were probably headers off of corners. Like that was probably my main game. Um, I'm no messy. My ball handling skills are really suspect, but uh, I got the speed and the the height to really get up there and get after it. So, what have you seen as sort of 
you know, changed in the college game from, from when you were there to now? Um, and, you know, maybe this is me getting old, but it seems so much faster now watching it. No doubt. Um, it's like, it's like, man, was I, was I at that, you know, I mean, and even to, to be honest, there's some guys here in Missoula that can play. Right. And like, you know, even among the older crowd, he's just got, man, man, it's just, it's impressive. You know, I, I, I watched the, the team this last year and, you know, obviously the, 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 the philosophy, the coaching styles have changed a little bit. They're playing a little bit different than, than I did when I was a kid. Uh, we played a lot to the flags and then from the flags in. Um, they're stretching it out a lot more. Um, and it looks clean. It looks fast. Uh, it's, it's nice to watch. Yeah, moving into the coaching aspect of that, was that tough for you to adapt to, just sort of the changing styles? It is. I mean, but, I mean, that's that's soccer, right? That's life. I mean, growing up, you're going to have different coaches, and, and every coach will have a slightly different take on, you know, what he likes to see. And, uh, you know, there's some fundamental basics of spacing that never change, but it's, it is funny to see from grade school to high school and then college. I mean, Coach Gorman is playing the chess of, of soccer, right? You know, it, it's, it's so next level that you do need to sit there and film and study and think about it a little bit because there's a lot of a mental game that goes into it, you know? Um, I, I feel a little lucky. On, on my side, U10, there's not so much of that going on, thankfully. <laughs> Coach Jay Risser of FC Missoula joining us here on the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Jay, when did you get into coaching? You know, when did you decide that that was a way to keep going with the game? And I know you you ref too, right? Why did you sort of decide to keep going with the game after after your playing career ended? So, I mean, that's kind of the reason right there is I wanted to still be involved in the sport that I loved. I wanted to see other people... Um, you know, learn and grow as a person from this game. Um, there's a lot of life skills that can be learned when you're playing soccer, uh, sports in general, team sports. Um, so that was the main thing to me. I wanted to stay firmly rooted in it. Um, you know, refing. anybody that's involved in soccer will tell you that we need refs at, at that sport, you know, at, at every level. Um, so just helping where I could. Um, I had an opportunity to coach a really small town Montana team uh, years ago. Uh, they were like a recreational team. And that was when I f- first realized, I'm like, man, you know, I, I feel like I have a little bit to offer here, especially to younger kids and just kind of teaching them the basics of the game. And um, so I wanted to do that. And like I said, I, my daughter finally came to a point where she wanted to get involved in soccer. And so I, I jumped at the opportunity. I mean, I thought, hey, you want to play? I'll, I'll help coach. Like, let's do this. No doubt. I guess we should get into that a little bit. Georgia to Pennsylvania to, to Montana. I mean, how did that sort of pan out? Well, like I said, uh, the Georgia to, Mon- to, to Pennsylvania was, uh, you know, I was adopted when I was seven. Um, but, uh, you know, after that, you know, once I went to school and uh, and uh, had the car accident, there was kind of a, a life change for me. Um, I wound up coming out here and working at a, uh, a youth ranch here in the state, uh, again, helping kids and stuff. Um, it was a lot of fun for me, but it did take me away from sports and whatnot. And like many young men do, I've met a beautiful Montana girl and, and you know, the rest is somewhat history. Very cool. You know, what, what's been the biggest thing that you have learned, I guess, in the, in the couple months since you've been doing it? Um, you know, it's, uh, 
I've learned a lot. First of all, I've learned that uh, I was always seeing it as from the player perspective, of course, growing up. Um, so you don't see any of the parents or any of their hopes and dreams and and fears that go into it. And so this this last few months for me has been huge because I'm looking at it for as a coach and as a father. And I'm trying to separate those two. Um, I'm trying to make sure, you know, that I'm doing the right things as a dad, but also that I take care of my team as a coach. Um, I, I've learned that uh, that that each of those kids is extremely unique and there's really no way, at least in my opinion, to adequately always coach to a full group of kids, especially at that age. You have to be willing to sometimes take moment and break it down with individuals and work on individual skill sets. And so for me, I mean, patience has never been my super strong point, but learning the patience to slow things down a little bit and, you know, take my time. Well, that's the important thing, right? I think there can't be a, a one-size-fits-all plan, regardless of how much you believe in your plan and your general philosophies and what you're doing. It has to differ based on the, the player, right? Of course, absolutely. What are, you know, we're, you're working with, with 10 new girls, and that's a, a hugely important developmental age. And you talked about working, you know, that's just about individual development, and it's not so much about you know, complicated tactics or whatever, because you can't. Right. But how how do you guys at FC Missoula and, and with your team sort of focus on that individual development? Because you're you're building these girls up for for future success, right? Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the idea there is, uh, you know, especially in practice times, um, we we have the benefit of having two, sometimes three coaches on the field at a time, which allows me to say, hey, you guys are doing drills here. I can pull one or two of you off. Let's focus on this more, uh, you know, calculated skill. Um you see so much tremendous growth over the season that it allows you to continue to adapt like we talked about earlier you know in the beginning of the season one girl may just be working on contact you know just regular contact but at a certain point now you're working on soft touch and so now you've progressed and you can take the time and work on it the other interesting thing i guess in general with sports and even at this young level is they're they're slightly competitive right and in, in, in amongst themselves so you get some that are succeeding and some that are struggling and those that are struggling are looking and they're trying to figure out you know ways to do it and um, you know, it's it's not a negative atmosphere by any means, but it's this positive kind of energy of like, let's strive for more. Let's all work to get better. And as coaches, we just need to recognize that sometimes isolate the player so they can do it a little bit, you know, on their own without, you know, sometimes the extra eyes create too much pressure, et cetera. But um, it's it's really just watching your players. You can't just sit there on the sidelines and say, you know, go run some laps and do this drill. You got to be involved in the drill. You're actually watching them execute the, the maneuvers and, and see, you know. Coach Jay Risser from FC Missoula Club Soccer joining us here on this episode of the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, the first Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast of the new year. Happy to be back in the studio doing it. Happy to have Jay in here with me. And Jay, I know we we just talked about, you know, the adaptability and, and you've got to take these girls as individuals and everything. But in general, talking about individual development with them, what are the skills that you're trying to teach them at this age group? What are the, what are the skills that are important as they move on talking about the game? I mean, the things that you need to be able to do on the field. Sure. Um, I think... Number one is probably spacing at this point. Um, there's there's a lot of that. Uh, I think a lot of folks, when they think about young, like youth soccer, they picture this amoeba, you know, moving around the field as one group and kind of kicking the ball around. So we're really striving for space, right? Um, consistency. Um, it, 
the last we've been doing winter training uh, here in town. And I mean, we're working on soft touch on an, on an open hard gym floor um, trapping. Um, last night we were bouncing balls to them so they could get a feel for, you know, things that aren't just passed perfectly to their feet. Um, but at this level, you, you really have to just hone in, like you said, on the very core basics of it. Some of it is cardio related, you know, just making sure they're in shape, they're fit. They got to start working their way up that scale. Um, the other side of it is simply being able to, to move the ball, get as many touches and practice as you can. You know, those feet on the ball, it, it you see a massive difference. That's what I always remember from my abbreviated uh, youth soccer career and, and undecorated youth soccer career. But I did play a couple years in middle school and I, I played a couple years on the JV team in high school. And that's what I always remember from practice. The assistant coach wasn't much older than us for the JV team because he just graduated from our high school and was right. just coming back, volunteering, whatever. But he had been a, a really good player in his day. It's all about the touches, right? All, all about the touches. And he was working with a bunch of guys like me who had, had not played the game when they were kids but were decent athletes. It's just touches, 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 yep. touches, right? Absolutely. What have you thought just in general about the, the state of youth soccer development in America? I've talked about this with a lot of people. It's a, it's a big sort of issue and a, and a flashpoint in the community, right? Because American youth sports development generally, this is the stereotype that you always hear at least, so focused on winning. And you see that with like AAU basketball or travel baseball. And, you know, soccer in general has a development model that has not been focused on that. That's the development model that's imported from overseas, from Europe and South America, where the, the focus has been on development and that's been a proven successful model. So you have those two philosophies sort of coming up against each other. What have you thought of that of that dichotomy from being in it, from being around it? I mean, that's an interesting idea, really. Um, you know, there's there's a fine line that I think most clubs, especially, you know, travel clubs like FC that are striving for a more competitive uh, product on the field. There's a fine line that we're going to have to walk between that developmental growth and still, you know, looking at the game. I mean, it's the great game. It, it's we we're supposed to be able to drop a ball and play anywhere we want. It's that's the goal of soccer at the end of the day is to just get kids out there and playing. Now, along the line, we're going to try to find a competitive, you know, angle of that. Of course, you know, um, we want to grow both as a club. We want the kids to grow as soccer players and as people. Um, I don't think there has to be a hard line set. I think it's okay to flirt with both of it. Um, I, you know, in, in one season of it, and especially at my level, I mean, just to be fair, the U10, we're not super focused on absolutely on, right. on competitive nature, right? Um, but at the higher levels, I know those coaches. I know some of the older, you know, teams uh, coaches, obviously. And although they do strive for excellence on the field, they're striving for excellence in their players too, and and they're looking for a good balance of. Uh, you know, these kids going out there and having fun and having a good team environment and learning life skills, working with other people, et cetera, um, with learning, learning how to be a great soccer player. Let's talk a little bit about your club at FC Missoula. What's the what's the structure there? I mean, how many teams do you guys have and how does it all work? So uh, right now, I believe we have about nine active teams. It fluctuates, uh, you know, season to season, depending on registrants and availabilities, et cetera. Um, we, we have an awesome selection of coaches um, from a bunch of diverse backgrounds. Um, most of them um, obviously heavily influences soccer their whole lives. All of the teams that uh, I've seen have all been, uh, you know, well put together. I, I only got a real good close look at 
um, some of the younger gr- groups of the last couple of uh, seasons or, you know, last season in general. Um, but the main idea there is that, uh, you know, we're trying to find a coach, uh, ideally two coaches uh, per team that are, you know, great qualified individuals. And then we're, you know, we're looking for athletes that will take any skill level, you know, um, but we're trying to build solid teams out of them um, at, at every level we can. Like I said, at the U10 group, we've got a, we don't have the ability to make a, another younger group undermine right now. So we've got different ages at the U10, which is okay, you know. Right. You sort of explained that to me, and that might have been before we started recording, but you've got girls from, you said, seven to, to 10 years old. Right. Yep. Yeah. So you can imagine there, you know, you've got, there's the physical differences, right? I mean, kids at that age grow like a weed. I mean, we all know that. I mean, my my nine-year-old has just shot up just in the last year, you know? So when you got some seven-year-olds that are really small and kind of just learning the game and very, very core fundamentals, and then you've got some 10-year-olds that you know, can put some heat on the ball and understand, you know, some good ball, you know, movement skills and trying to package all of that together, you know, is, is, uh, is a challenge. <clears throat> so FC Missoula is the younger sort of of the two main clubs in, in Missoula. What have you thought of that growth and the way that a town like Missoula now and in, in Montana is able to support, you know, two clubs and Missoula Strikers is the other. And we've had Strikers Executive Director Ross McMoneys. He was just on the last episode. I had a great talk with him. And it's sort of a different thing because that's the established club and they've been around. I think they're celebrating their 40 year anniversary this year. You guys are coming up. Clearly, there's enough talent in town to support, too. And I think Ross mentioned that there was even another couple clubs springing up around here. That is correct. Yeah. Yeah. What, what have you thought about just the, the growth that's allowed well, for that? I mean, just to speak to the growth, Missoula has a rich and vast soccer community. I, I actually think it's understated how many people in this town and in the close surrounding towns play soccer. Um, we were working with a group of uh, local folks, including the U of M. Uh, we did a meeting just yesterday out there. Um, we're talking about trying to do a soccer festival here in uh, the late fall, and that's going to include all the clubs, including Strikers and uh, Surf is the other you know new one. Um, but the idea is that we're trying to foster soccer in the minds of kids. We want people to come play the game. Um, there is division and, you know, clubs, et cetera. There's always going to be that kind of thing. I won't really, you know, speak into any of that. I will say I think it's amazing that there's enough people that there can even be multiple clubs. You know, that's that alone speaks to how many people here love the game and how many people want to play. That's why we're doing this podcast. This is the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast, by the way. I'm Andrew Houghton. FC Missoula coach Jay Risser joining me, but that speaks to a big reason as to why I started this podcast. You know, I like soccer. I talked to a bunch of the soccer coaches around here. You know, I talked to Chris Chitavisky when he came in, when he was hired here back when I was living here last time. And he said a similar thing. You know, there's, there's a huge soccer community around here. That's part of the reason why we started this podcast. But I, I wanted to ask you, I mean, why, why do you think that is? You know, I, I would say as uh, someone that came, you know, I've been in Montana now for 15 years, but as someone that came from the East Coast, I was kind of surprised myself at at uh, at the love uh, for soccer. You know, I wish I could I could nail down a specific aspect of it. Maybe it's just we have all this great open field to just play on. I mean, it's it's hard to say when you have fields like we have here in Missoula, the Fort. Um, and some of the other places, I mean, those facilities are fantastic. I mean, they they just encourage you to want to go out there and do it anyway. So, you know, <clears throat> No doubt. It's, it's, it's been really interesting. Do, where do you think the growth 
continues or, or is it reaching a peak or, or what do you see? No, I, I think this is probably the beginning. Um, you know, I don't want to call it like the dawn of a soccer age or something in Missoula, but you are seeing multiple clubs spring up, like you said. And if we look like FC travels, you know, out of uh, out of town pretty much every week we're, when we when we go place. Right. So we're doing Bozeman. We're doing Kalispell. We're doing Polson. Well, some of those other cities in Montana can support multiple clubs with tournaments and and hosting that brings a lot of tourism and excitement to the city when these things happen missoula can be that hub too um you know we we don't have to uh be greedy and try to try to you know conglomerate it all together there can be room for multiple groups um we can all shine together and if missoula has a bunch of clubs i think so much the better maybe we'll get some home tournaments maybe we'll get some more people coming into missoula it, it could only be a win really FC Missoula coach Jay Risser joining me for this episode of the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Great discussion about the soccer culture in Missoula, the growth of the game in Missoula, and I know it's been around for a long time, but it does seem like it's exploding now. Jay, anything else that you wanted to mention about sort of that angle of it, what you guys are doing at FC Missoula, and, and sort of what you've seen in the community since you've, you've started coaching here? Um, I mean, first of all, it, it's it's just been a real joy to be back involved in the game uh, here in town. Missoula truly is lucky to have people that care about um, both the youth movement and sports in general. Uh, soccer obviously being a big part of that for me. Um, FC has been really instrumental in that. That's a great group of people over there Been working their butts off to uh, to to bring just the best that they can for their kids and others. Um, it's certainly made me and my family feel welcome. Um, I know we've had a lot of new faces in the fall. We're hoping to see a lot more new faces in the spring um, as, you know, kind of the big season kicks off and we're going to have new tournaments to go to and new fun to be had. I'm just looking forward to it. It's uh, we like I said, we've been doing winter training. And so I've got some hungry girls out there that have been working their tails off to, to get the touches and come spring. They're going to be ready to go. Jay, I guess just the last thing would be for, for people wanting to get involved and, and whether that's as, as coaching volunteers, if they've got kids who are interested, where's the best place to go for that? Yeah, you can uh, reach out to us on the website. It's uh, fcmissoula.com. Uh, we got a lot of resources there uh, about coaching, um, refereeing opportunities, uh, including you know joining teams, registration, et cetera. Um, we're working out at the, the fort clearing snow so we can do some some winter training out there in February. So we're always looking for volunteers to do snow clearing too. FC Missoula coach Jay Risser joining me for this episode of Soccer and Snow and Smoke. Jay, just thank you for your time, man. It was great coming in and meeting you and, and talking to you. And I like what you guys have going on over there at FC Missoula, but it was, it was great to learn a little bit more about it. Hey, thanks a lot, Andrew. We appreciate you inviting us on and, and thank you so much.